on cats. Yeah, it's Kat. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> um, and I'm Anna. Um, and yeah, so this is Being Single um, podcast that we, we've we made up. Yeah. To, yeah, just sort of start a conversation about um, yeah. single life, being single, what, what people feel about it and um it's just just one of those things that just keeps cropping up in every conversation I have with people in the pub like especially girls um and that we me and Kat were looking online we were looking online oh you're right yeah and we just saw the absolute shite (laughs) that is available like if you type in being single or single life or single events you have these kind of like cosmopolitan articles of top 20 things that aren't so bad if you're on your own this Christmas and they are just shockingly awful um, it was basically a variation of you basically have more time that was the pro- <laughs> yeah. any it was like the yeah. nine good reasons for being single <laughs> and it was like um, spending more time with your friends <laughs> doing things for yourself yeah. learning more about you spending less money <laughs> Um, yeah, so basically we're trying to open up just like a kind of conversation. And what we've realised down the line is the more people we have conversations with, the more like they bring little aspects of their lives into it. Um, so we hope we hope to do a different theme every week. So this week's episode, we wanted to start it off because um, about the sh- possible shame of being single. And um, I spoke to a friend of mine who didn't want to be named, so we're going to call him Sam. And I think there's actually some things in here that you might be quite surprised to hear. So, for this episode, I wanted to talk about... I don't know whether you've got, like, an anecdote or something that can sort of typify how you view yourself in society as a single man. Hmm. I was thinking about that earlier today it's quite difficult for single men to find uh, not just rooms in shared flats, but accommodation in general. Um, Oh, I'm surprised. Really? Yeah. This has been a common experience for me and most guys that I know. Because if you're wanting to rent somewhere with a, you know, that has a responsible landlord they generally view all male groups or individual males as higher risk. So you'll quite often find that if you're a group of three guys and you try and rent a three-bedroom flat, you might struggle and questions would be raised about how much of a risk you're likely to be. Like what, for example? I don't really know. I assume there's a there's an expectation that lads living together could lead to property damage or whatever. Um, I mean, I feel really weird about that. Yeah. Just because... I'm I'm interested to know how they find out at least the landlords that are asking whether you're single or not and how do they actually properly find something like that out well I guess the assumption is that if you're moving into a property on your own that you're probably single I mean 
I suppose there is. I think what I think it's it's interesting to try to unpick what the discrimination here is. Is mm. it is it that subconsciously we do assume that people in couples are trustworthy people mm. that they've been sanctioned trustworthy by another individual mm. and I wonder whether yeah subliminally we all do think that and when someone announces that they are in a relationship it's almost saying listen someone's trialed me they've put me on these, this trial shift throughout the dating process they've realised that I'm a reliable and interesting and functional. good functional <laughs> as you said human being and therefore I've as you said been entirely accepted by someone that it, and unconsciously yeah we probably all feed into this what is like what do you think is like the worst stereotype of a single man oh I think the worst stereotype two pop into my head one would be something that's very much kind of a new girl you know when she moves in and they're all like single guys and you've got these stereotypes of like the slob so they're just slobbish and then I think the second one that can kind of feed into that is this idea that if you are a single man, you out, out, out on the pool, on the pool, sort of Geordie Shaw style. Um, you're constantly seeking female attention or you just want to have sex with girls all the time. The, like a commitment phobe. Yeah. Yeah. A commitment phobe. Basically what you're saying is someone who's not mature enough, emotionally mature enough to... I think, yeah, this is maybe something that is different with both of us because I'd say if if there was a sing- if I met a guy that was 24 and single, I wouldn't necessarily assume they were a commitment phobe. Mm-hmm. I'd probably... It would be more their actions that I would judge and have a... There's a- actions as a single person, I would be like... I would assume you were doing this, which is mm. going out, getting with girls, not really interested in a relationship. Oh, I see. As a default, single guys mm. in the early 20s. Oh, that's what I would assume their behaviour would be like. I don't know whether that... I, I don't know. I don't know whether I think about them being a commitment phobe, but that is an interesting point. Like, if... Okay, like, what would be... I mean... Yeah, like, to sort of think about... I, I suppose, like, the most hideous stereotype of a single man that I could think of is quite similar to you that I would say this image of somebody buying ready-made meals in the supermarket Mm. and um, being so antisocial in their behaviour that they've become in this learnt helplessness Mm. of existing on their own bare minimum style, like not much going on in their apartment, that they've become so entrenched in their own routine that's why they're single because they're so inflexible to mm-hmm. have to be to sort of like you know have somebody else living with them mm. that some woman's come along and been like well you're a fucking mess mm. I'm not going to be with you mm. would be yeah probably the, the, the nastiest sort of stereotype tell me a bit about your friend who, who you interviewed yeah okay I will do um, so listening to that back just now the audio is a bit shite I'm sorry guys I bought a zoom mic that you attached to your phone and it didn't treat me very well um, so her name is Eliza we've known each other since we were like four so we have these kind of like conversations a lot um, and she we talked mainly about what we kind of just brushed upon so the stigma attached to being single 
let's play it. And this seems like a really obvious question, mm. but what, to you, what is being single? What is being single? I think my perception of what, like, my definition and perhaps my perception of what being single has shifted depending on where I have been in my life. Um, I think there's probably moments in my life where I felt quite low, mm. quite vulnerable, and really, really wanted a relationship and thought that that would sort of define me as a person and make me happier. Um, and so probably in that moment and kind of my headspace at that time, um, single felt very negative and something mm. that I really, really didn't want to be. Yeah, yeah um, And I thought that there was something wrong with me um, yeah. and perhaps I had sort of bad instances with men where I thought that I was sort of victim towards bad men um, and that... You end up going in a constant cycle, like going yeah. back to the same, it's like an addictive little thing. I suppose, because I've been single now for about, on and off for about three years, um, I have noticed more now being single how different couples are to sing to single people hypothetically if you were to go to like an event with your friend and their couple you you would feel like you were kind of third wheeling a bit wouldn't you yeah yeah or you always do and i think um i've lived in house shares and you know when your housemate's boyfriend comes over there is a way that they um sort of dominate this the you know the social areas that you just feel um that you you are obligated to kind of give them space yeah. and let them have that room for themselves i think in my head there is this perception that when there's a couple they just don't want to be disturbed i've yeah. just got that at the back of my head and yeah I, I know it's not true i know that's not true and i know they want to but i'm like but they want me to leave now mm. this is they, they're having these like intense, deeply emotional thoughts about each other and there are things that just can't be said when someone else has invaded their space because they, they're a couple, like they're entitled to this like beautiful kind of Heathcliff and Cathy kind of turbulent romance between each other. They're just invading that. <laughs> Do you know what I just realised what it is? I, it, it's, it's a, I think it's because in childhood you, you always see the couple as the authority, isn't it? The couple as the parents. So maybe that's what it is. What? Yeah, maybe. That's a really good point. And maybe we just we we experience it daily all the time when you're you know if you're on a train and there's a couple. See, this is a really interesting point because um yeah, sorry, go it's on. like they're the pe- well like I'm just saying like they're the adults and yeah. you're not. Yeah, and so I've got younger brothers and um, one of my brothers had a girlfriend and we were really young in our teens, and I remember just feeling really infantilized. Even though he's younger than Even you. Even though he's younger than me, yeah. I was he... like two two years older than him, like about to go off to uni, and I was like, fuck, I feel really... And then there'd be all these kind of like very adulty things that you don't really do unless you're in a couple, you know? Like invite your, your other half on a family holiday. Oh. And they kind of like mingle with the parents and everything is a lot more... Because there is that kind of like extra person involved. It's oh. not the family dynamic is kind of interrupted or halted slightly and you feel like you're bringing this adultness into into the atmosphere that you can't do if you're single because I'm just like hello like, I'm the same person I haven't really yeah. changed since I was in my teens because that's what we were saying about status and it's funny because so if, if you've been on holiday with your parents 
and your brothers when they've brought a girlfriend? Um, have I been on holiday? I haven't been on holiday. But I've been out, like, done trips and restaurant meals and stuff yeah. like that, which I guess places in my cousin. Did you act up on the table? I feel like you would you would act up a bit. I do you mean? What do you mean in terms of being like... Well, sort of like playing up to this sort of um, role of being feeling infantilised and maybe sort of misbehaving a little bit. <laughs> I don't think... Perhaps, perhaps regression, yeah. Yeah, perhaps. regressing yeah, a little regressing. bit. Yeah, regressing, yeah, definitely. But yeah, um, it's funny because I think at the back of all of our minds, that's really interesting that you said about the parents thing because we all just regress. I think we all have, we're all like magnets and we kind of click on to something that reminds us of our childhood and we're like, right, okay, this is where I am in the social hierarchy. Let's just snap back into this. You know what? I, I thought of something. I had um, I went on a long haul flight one time and I was sat next to a couple. So we were in a three row seat and I'm on the outside and it gets to the time where everyone's napping down and they, they sort of snuggle into each other with their blanket and I took my blanket off because I felt like I was in bed with them. <laughs> it freaked me out. Because we were so close and they're all snuggling into each other. Oh my god. And it really Yeah, I just I had my blanket and I'm like, I feel like I'm in bed with this man as well. Yeah. Oh my god. And I can so imagine that. Like I, it's fine, I, I don't need a blanket. But then also feeling like sort of like the adulteress. <laughs> I know. Literally the bit on the side. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's so strange, isn't it? Kind of touching on that sort of singleness, I think it's very, it's defined very differently for men and women, even in this day and age. So, for example, you know, if a man is single, it's because it's his choice and he wants to be a bachelor and and it's kind of like, you know, he's doing his thing. Men get this expectation that they're just having a good time being single, but when women are single, they're waiting. That's very true, yeah. And, and um, that, that maybe there's something... Is there something wrong with you? Why are you single? Mm. Like, what? men get to choose, and women just wait. What's the catch? Yeah, and I suppose... It should really be the other way around, shouldn't it, biologically? Because we've only... We should be women that... But there is also an... Exp- I think there is... A, there's also the expectation of the woman being... The person that is selective hmm. when it comes to guys having this kind of conversation yeah like how did he get a girlfriend I think it's, it's just funny because I think when you're in a, when you're in a relationship your frame of mind is so different when to when you're single because I remember when so I was in a long relationship for about seven years and I remember having friends that were single and um, my partner's friends um, that were single and like I'll admit it I did think there was something fundamentally wrong with them like they were childish or picky mm. that they were deli- that they, they, they were unconsciously um, sabotaging any opportunity to be in a relationship it's like with um Beatrice and Eugenie, which is the one that got married again. It was Eugenie's wedding, wasn't it? Yeah. 
don't know. <laughs> she said with assertion. <laughs> <laughs> what do you work in, Kat? Or what profession do you? <laughs> journalist I looked at the pictures I did look at them I just yeah anyway go on um, so I did a bit of googling and I think it was the younger sister that got married to That's Jack right. Shank. yeah and so the older sister has about two years and I don't think she has a boyfriend and she's not married and I was thinking mm. I was really split you know when you think about something for one second you don't really have any control over that linear thought in your brain so half of me was like fuck, she must have felt so awkward during that wedding. Like, this huge wedding for her sister that was younger than her. And then the other half of me was like, oh, my God, Jesus Christ. Sort of judging her. Yeah, like the, the, the ugly sister left behind. Yeah, although she's the she more attractive one. Yeah. Um, um, some, some, might, some might say. I, yeah, I mean, I know, exactly, I know exactly what you mean. I think I even experienced probably a little bit of glee. For some reason. It's like, eh, it's no, but I think like, that's because they're the royal family. It's because they've got money, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so anything, any sort of um, schadenfreude, you know, or... Yeah. And just, I just up. think, pulling this back to what we were talking about before, yeah, just this whole co- idea that being in a relationship and being single are not only things that impact your everyday life, they're things that make you seem like a just a better person mm. and it, I know the word better we can dissect that but a better person surely that's someone that's more I, surely in a capitalist society that's someone that's more reliable on the way to having kids forming a family yeah I mean you're falling stability. in line you're falling in line in, and I think when you're I mean you know if we we're going to be political I would say that the reason why um, in politics they prefer a society built on Families, you know, like in political campaigns, they're always going hard working families, and you just sort of think, I mean, I'm one person, <laughs> yeah. it's like it's like we, we're here to help hard working families, yeah. and I just think, well, I'm I'm hard working, I mean, I work, mm. um, I'm not a family, and uh, it's very uh, that alienation, it, you know, it's it's it goes through every part of society, yeah, definitely. And um, another thing I was thinking about is it's almost easier sometimes to talk to someone that's in a relationship because you know a little bit more about them and their emotions. You know that they have fallen in love and they are in love, supposedly, with someone. Whereas if someone is single, a way to connect with them at the pub would be, are you seeing anyone at the moment? Who are you texting? Someone in a relationship, you just talk about their other half. Yeah, or just... There's less of a grey area. Hmm. Um, but I think as soon as people have had a few drinks, especially when they're just starting to bond, you do tend to talk about like romance. It's just a go-to, isn't it? It's just something at the ingrained at the back of our heads that's exciting and triggers all these emotions that other things don't. Yeah, I do remember having like, you know, the older people in my family, like uncles and grandparents. You know, would often ask me about, you know, is there anyone on the scene? Yeah, that kind of thing. As if that was the only thing going for me in my life. And especially if you're single, then it's, yeah. But, I mean, my that's my family. They're pretty... They, my dad's side, they're pretty old-fashioned. But, I mean, they're, they're, they're dead now anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that, I did... <laughs> those traditions have died with them. Just, I was, it was just funny, because in my head, I was like, should we start wrapping this up? And then I just heard that sentence, and I was like... Fully wrapped. <laughs>
I guess we'll just uh, wrap it up by saying thank you for listening. Um, please comment on our Facebook page and Twitter page. Get in touch if you'd like to participate. Um, it'd be great to talk to you and um, yeah, let us know what you think. Um, tell us, uh, don't tell me if you find my voice annoying. Yeah. Yeah, don't. Don't, because we can't change that shit. So, I don't know if you guys have noticed, but we've set up, the, as we said before, we've set up the Being Single Facebook page and the Twitter account. The Twitter account has how many followers? I think it's zero. Um, so, if you want to go on our Twitter and our Facebook pages, we've just started them up. Um, we'll post more podcasts. And yeah. You can message us on Facebook as well, can't you? If yeah. you want to get involved. But it'd be great to get as many ideas as possible. And it's just a chat. Yeah. We're not going to grill you about your personal life or anything. Apart from that would be very interesting. Um, names can be changed. Yeah. Get involved. Get involved. Um, thank you so much for listening. Do you want? Did you want to say that bit? Yeah, thank you. Thank you for listening. <laughs> yeah, I do want to say that. Anna, that's my line. Give me something. <laughs> <laughs>